I'm already prepared for the Penguins to have a bunch of guys missing. Just stick with me. It's hypothetical. I promise it won't be depressing. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. If football and or baseball is your thing, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Penguins released their training camp roster yesterday, and it made everything feel that much more real. Camp, of course, opens up January 3 at PPG Paints Arena, by the way, not in Cranberry, so that stuff doesn't have to move around as much. And the regular season opens January 13 in Philadelphia. Along the way, players will get hurt coming back off of months of relative inactivity. Players will go on the COVID list or whatever it is the NHL decides to call that. That's what it's called in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, they would just put you on the injury list. And Mike Sullivan will operate with shorthanded lineups. There is no doubt in my mind that both of those things will occur, probably sooner rather than later. So what I'm doing today is instead of looking at the roster the way most people do, which is who's on the first line, who's on the second line, those are fun. And they make for good discussion and debate, but they're also not very practical. When the Penguins and the Flyers drop the puck, there's virtually no chance that either team will enter that game with the dream ideal scenario. People will be missing. So what I'm going to do today is come up with potential replacements for key roles. And no, I'm not going with Sid and Gino and whatever because those are just those are too big and there are no replacements for them. But let's say, for example, that the Penguins need help on the top two lines at either of the wing positions, either left or right. For years... The answer to that on the right side was Brian Rust. You heard Mike Sullivan repeatedly describe him as uh, his Swiss Army knife, a guy who could move up and down the lineup, up and down the lineup, as Sully would say, up and down the lineup. And that's what he meant. You could store Rust on a third or fourth line and break the glass to move him up on the first or second, and you really wouldn't miss all that much. The guy who would do that on the left side, yeah, him. He's not around anymore for you to kick. Dominic Simone has been uh, shipped off to Calgary, Alberta. Well, he'll, he'll be a big part, I predict, of the Calgary Flames. <laughs> Old Dom. First line, second line, third line, fourth line. Dom could do them all and still not score any goals, but yet not look out of place. It was a weird thing, except for the finish. So Dom's not around. So who is it? Who are these guys? First of all, here's who the default four are. Uh, almost beyond arguing. And that'll be a first line of Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Kasperi Kapanen, a second line of Evgeny Malkin, Jason Zucker, and Rust. 
any of those guys go down, who are the players that would bounce up? I've got a couple of choices, one for each side, and I'll make the case for both. One is kind of easy, and that would be Jared McCann. Jared McCann is, to me, better suited to be a left winger than a center. I don't see the vision. I don't see the sense of defensive responsibility that you'd want from an NHL center in McCann. Not to say he can't develop those things, certainly the latter, but he's got the speed. He's got the awareness of how to play with star players, and he definitely won't look out of place. Again, he's not going to bury a bunch of goals either, but he'd be the guy that I'd slide up. On the other side, this one might not be as obvious, but he's so my dude when it comes to this sort of thing, and that's Sam Lafferty. I refuse to pigeonhole Sam Lafferty. I know that some within the Penguins might have already done that and say, well, he's a role player, he'll do this and that, we need to teach Sam how to block shots and kill penalties, and he'll be around in the NHL for a long time. And that sounds really good, and it sounds even better when you compare him and his path to that of someone like Rust. Rust earned every step of the way up the ladder to get to a top six role on an NHL team. He did it the hard way, and he's continuing to do it the hard way. He'll say it himself all the time. This is how I got here. This is how I got here. And I'll ask him, like I did last year uh, in the locker room when he went and stood in front of somebody to block a shot in a preseason game and ended up, you know, hobbling off with his foot up in the air. And like, what are you doing, basically? And he goes, that's how I got here. I can't change that. I'm not going to change that. And then he goes out and has a season where if it wasn't for the virus, he would have had 30 goals or more. Maybe the Penguins are right when they see Lafferty that way. But maybe they're not. I I just see this kid doing things offensively that not everybody's doing. When he comes flying down the wing, he's doing so with a purpose. Uh, he reminds me, and I'm not comparing the talents here, but he reminds me stylistically when he's when he gains a zone of Jeff Carter of the Kings. Uh, he stays tall, he stays big, but he's flying, and he's only thinking about one thing, and that is how am I going to blow this puck past that goaltender? Yeah, now you can picture Jeff Carter doing it. Well, I've seen Lafferty do it in practices too. When he's in the corners, when he's working the puck down deep, he uses that size not just for initial contact but to get people out of the way, the kind of physical hockey that Mike Sullivan prefers. And then once he gets the puck, and this was impressive to me more than anything else about his brief training camp that he had before the playoffs in which the Penguins left him out until too late in that series— is that he'll get the puck and he'll make a smart play with it, very Teddy Bluger-like in that regard. If it's a 5-foot pass, if it's a 20-foot pass, he'll make the right one coming out of that scrum. 
I like that. I don't want to bury that. I don't want that kid to think, you know, he's got to be Zach Aston Reese and just kind of fit in on a third line or fourth line or whatever it is. I want to see this kid get chances. If one of the right wingers goes down or, or, can't rule this out, things just don't work out with Kapanen, Sam Lafferty is my dude. When we come back, just one question. They are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in Western Pennsylvania. If you are among those in need, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. One more time, that address is pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help. Question comes from Dina, who's been a reader of our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, for a long time. And actually, I think she's been around even before that, predating me at some of my other stops at newspapers. She asks, Dan, which player do you think the Penguins will not protect in the expansion draft that will surprise fans the most? Well, I'll start off with my standard oh my God, we're already talking about the expansion draft remark, and just get that one right out of the way. My second sentiment is that you'd have to be Taylor Haas to fully understand everything that's going to happen in the expansion draft, all the protection rules and everything else. And ultimately, since I punted on those first two, I'll come up with... Maybe a little bit of a surprise in that I see the Penguins being more willing in this expansion draft to expose someone who might mean something to them as an older player and just see what happens, see or get a feel from Ron Francis as to what he's thinking. Because remember, these expansion drafts, they're not just executed on paper. As we saw with everything that George McPhee pulled, and man, did he pull some stunts in Las Vegas with the last one. Stuff that, by the way, Ronnie will never get away with in Seattle because McPhee, he didn't break every rule, but he violated the spirit of pretty much every rule and having teams pay him to not take this guy or to take that guy and you know, people forget that the Penguins not only lost Marc-Andre Fleury in the draft, but they, they gave up a high draft pick so that the Golden Knights wouldn't take Brian Rust. And then to hear the Golden Knights afterward, they have no intention of taking Rust. They wanted Flower all the way. Heck, they had Flower as their first pick, and they ushered him out to say hello to everybody at the expansion draft. So the first thing that you have to fear, and that might be the right term here if you're Jim Rutherford, 
is getting played like that again. Rutherford has spoken about it with our Dave Molinari, uh, very frankly, that he and his staff have focused mostly, Dina, on finding ways to make sure they're braced for that so that they can't have Seattle come away with anything more than a player that the Penguins leave exposed. And maybe the Penguins will engage in some gamesmanship of themselves. Maybe you leave someone who is really, really notable available, and you say, you know what? I don't think Ronnie will take him. I don't think Ronnie's going to want this cap hit. I don't think Ronnie's going to want to build with somebody uh, who's older. Does this sound like I'm talking about Chris Letang? I'm just throwing it out there. That's all. I don't even know if he's eligible for the expansion. I mean, I guess he is. Like I said, I haven't even looked into these things. But you asked. You asked. I'm trying to answer here. (laughs) We're a long ways off from that. I would say that the top priority, Dina, is that the Penguins align themselves as much as is possible to avoid having to give up young players, draft picks, or any form of additional payment along the way. I appreciate the question, though. I didn't mean to make it sound like I did. Thank you for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. This was a fun one. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.